The big story today, tomorrow, and for the rest of time is Ryan Day's eyebrows. Oh, and it sounds like the thing we've been talking about for months is about ready to come true. Football's getting canceled. Or postponed. Or who knows. And of course, we're going to answer your Twitter questions. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the man who insists on sharing work files with colleagues across multiple formats and softwares, the king of Skype, the king of Teams, the king of Slack, Kevin Greck. Greckers, how you doing? I'm doing great, and I'll tell you why. It's because now I've got a coordinated assault on my coworkers where I can share a file over Slack, confirm it on Teams, and then reference it again via email. And then uh, I'll bring it up in the middle of a meeting after I'm pretty sure no one's had a look at it. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. But we also have another co-host this week. We you should introduce him as well. We do, uh, you know, devotees of the pod, fans of the pod, friends of the pod. Of course, no, our dear Raymond friend. Chains of the pod, <laughs> Raymond Chains of the pod. Of course, no, our dear friend, Alex Plum, public health expert here to talk cancel culture. Uh, Alex, how are you doing? I am rip raring and ready to go, guys. Sounds Excellent. great. <laughs> That's the enthusiasm we need. <laughs> yes, Rip Raren, ready to go, even keeled. Uh, I, got, I got the affect of a 1940s sportscaster, and I'm Rip Raren and ready to go. You listen here. Newswire. Uh, <laughs> so, of course, uh, thank you, as always, for listening to the pod. Please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Going to rush through this because there's tons to talk about. Give us a follow in the old twitter.com Spartan pod. That is at Spartan underscore pod. And of course, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And before I turn it over to Kevin to tell us about the structure of the show, we're of course going to plug our presenting sponsor, Fraser's Pub, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Packard Street, wood paneled walls, and uh, beer of the month, 23 ounces for $5.99. It's the Bell's official hazy IPA. Plum, you have indeed, uh, I think more recently than either of us, because of your proximity, of course, not because we don't love Frasers, ventured into the Frasers. Tell well, us about fact, it. Yeah, I, I was. So, you know, I have the deep seated fascination, if not unhealthy admiration for the wood paneling and uh, at Frasers. So actually, um, women management staff uh, was ready to bring them back online after the governor's uh, all clear order. Uh, they came in and woke me up. I, I'd actually been camping out there. Uh, for a little bit, um, just really trying to harken back to old times. Uh, so no, it's nice. I'm glad that they're uh, uh, they're back open and a great place to go get to drink, get some takeout. Um, unfortunately, I'm not sleeping on the floor there at night anymore. But uh, I moved on. I'm doing okay. You're glad yeah, to hear it. <laughs> We're thrilled for you, uh, Greg. Uh, we've got a lot to break down um, we this do. week. There's actually plenty of off Grand River. Behind the Green Wall is going to bleed into Off Grand River, but tell the folks what they can expect. How is the show laid out? All right, we start with the Green Wall. That's where we talk MSU sports, football, basketball, all the rest. 
Then we go off Grand River. That's when we talk about broader things happening in sports across the nation or globe, whatever's relevant. And then, of course, we take your Twitter questions. That's your chance to interact with us. We have a good time. We have a laugh. And then we end the show. Yep. You get to hang out with celebrities. So, mm-hmm. um, it you know, it's great. Uh, so, look, it is, I mean, this day has felt like a week. This week has felt like a month. Um, I mean, it has been so long that at some point on Sunday afternoon, I was I was on a walk and I was thinking about the show that we're going to do. And I thought to myself, screw it. Let's preview the Big Ten schedule for the next pod. I was going to run it by Greg. Like, why don't we just do a preview? And then the world started folding in and on itself. And uh, the Big Ten seemed to come to grips with the thing we've been saying a long time which is that it's not safe to play football so i think maybe it would be useful if everyone's okay with it uh to do a quick breakdown of what's happened over the past week because i literally forgot that the big 10 released a football schedule this past week yeah let's relive the week that was let's uh, the week has gone by another week of all of our lives have evaporated off into the nether uh tell us what happened michael so two big things started to shift at the beginning since since we last recorded uh first was the ncaa board of governors decided that each division of college football or of each division of of college sports rather was going to make their own decisions on what to do with fall sports championships um this is particularly relevant if you have non-revenue sports as sports um and you don't want to have to play a championship, but say you're a, a you know a Big Ten school that makes money on football, um, and you would like to do your championship nonsense. Um, so that was an important decision, though not tons of leadership from the NCAA. Then shortly thereafter, uh, over a thousand Big Ten football players co-signed a uh, a piece in the Players Tribune much like what happened with the Pac-12 players last week, uh, outlining their demands, uh, those largely centered around safety protocols and scholarship protections for anyone who wanted to sit the year out. Uh, Notable is that the next day, Ohio State uh, said, nah, we're good here, Um, which we'll get into is very telling of the culture coming out of Columbus right now. Then the Big Ten released a schedule. we could break it down, but it would be stupid. Uh, (laughs) So, but it would not be worthwhile to do. uh, This is already going to be a long show. I know it. So not worth talking about, but they released one because Uh, after that, we start hearing some reports about Spartan football players who are going to opt out of the season. The most notable two are Jacob Panashuk starting defensive end and Jordan Reed starting offensive tackle. Um, and then uh, I think probably the the most talented player that I, I saw in the Big Ten that was going to be sitting the year out was Rondale Moore, uh, or possibly, I forget his name, wide receiver out of Minnesota. Um, we're going to sit the, the season out. You saw Aaron Henry uh, tweeting in a bit in solidarity with some of these players, saying that he's a person first before he's a basketball player, so he's got to take care of himself. Uh Syracuse players started opting out of practice uh, over concerns uh, related to COVID. 
Then the Mac cancels Maction. The day uh, the Maction died. Yeah. Uh, pushing sport, uh, pushing fall to, or, uh, sorry, pushing football, hopefully to the spring. The Big Ten uh, releases a rule saying that teams cannot move to a full pads practice. It's helmets only for the time being. Mel Tucker, somewhere in there, has his first press conference since like March. And then yesterday, that is Sunday evening, things start to get real. Um, you start hearing that the the Big Ten, particularly the commissioner, uh, Kevin Warren, is is seriously in favor of moving football to the spring. Uh, this morning, that is Monday, uh, Dan Patrick reports initially that a source tells him that the Big Ten has held a uh, a vote, though it sounds like there are people who are pushing back on the term vote. Maybe poll is a better phrasing. Uh, that is 12 to 2 uh, in favor of, it, it was reported at the time of canceling fall football. Um, the Then after that, um, it's uh, the uh, it, the Freep confirms that, though doesn't confirm a detail that Patrick had, which was that Iowa and Nebraska are apparently the ones who want to play this fall. There's rumors that uh, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and Nebraska are all sniffing around at the SEC about playing a year with them. The SEC is apparently very hesitant to cancel. The Big Ten is trying to postpone their announcement until Tuesday to get all the other Power Five conferences on board. So it's been a crazy week, and I've recounted long enough uh, because it seems like the latest is, the absolute latest at the time of recording, is that now, instead of canceling, it is merely postponing the season. This is a push that seems to be coming from uh, from the incoming president of Ohio State, who's in favor of postponing. Um, That is postponing in the short term, right? Not postponing until the details lacking. Um, I mean, it's sort of like using postponing as a general term, right? It's it's sort of like the Big Ten pushing back on the term vote because they didn't actually vote on anything. As if that's what's relevant in this whole yes. thing. It's the most important thing. So with all of this news coming out, it's also worth saying that two other important details happened, and then I'm going to pass it off to um, to to Greg to maybe say some nonsense things, and Alex can uh, can do some anger translating for us. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> a thing that started happening today or late last night was largely led largely by Trevor Lawrence with the hashtag We Want to Play. With a, a very short list of, of demands, one of which, by the way, included uh, players being able to have a bit of a trade association, if you will, but that they wanted to play, that, that at their core, they wanted to play. Um, and so COVID be damned, they want to go ahead and do this, and that there are um, downfalls to not playing sports, which is that you know uh, players are going to be cast out of their college campuses go back home and do all sorts of reckless things because they're, they don't have football. Um, this got traction with the president of the United States. Um, and so that's a thing. And then you started seeing coaches also voicing this desire, particularly Ryan day, Jim Harbaugh, James Franklin and Scott Frost. Now 
Uh, three of those coaches have good programs. One does not, but I, whatever. Um, Scott Frost also being the person who says, we're going to play no matter what, even if it means we got to find other teams to play. So with that, uh, Greg, I will pass it over to you. What's your reaction, I guess, in the moment we're in currently and as you experienced the week and me sending you stupid amounts of links to what was going on? I'll I'll start by asking our, our co-host for the day. Uh, Alex Palm, give me a snapshot of what COVID-19 has done to America as of this moment, where we are right now. Uh, it's making us wealthier, uh, overall happier, <laughs> and more attractive. Hey, the Dow, I think, hit all-time high today. So All-time high, unemployment, record lows. Uh, yeah. We are becoming oranger as, uh, as the days go on. And so as I'm always happier. telling people, the, the, uh, the market is the economy. They are the yep. same thing. They I are, will say. step. It makes perfect sense. I did log yeah. into a, a sort of a, a little quasi-retirement investment account that I have that, don't get me wrong, there's not stupid money in there at all. But it had been hit pretty hard at one point in time. And then I saw that it's better than it's ever been. And I was like, this doesn't compute. Yeah, that's part of my issue is that it's all so stupid. So, Plum, for real though, where are we right now as the United States of America with COVID-19? Like stats-wise, you mean? No, just in a broad terms. Tell me where we're at. Tell me how we're doing. Well, I mean, I think that I think the biggest thing here is that uh, we, we've we've now we tapped on Sunday. We tapped five million cases, over one hundred and sixty thousand deaths uh, in the United States alone. You know, by contrast, India, which has a billion people that live in their country, more than over double three the times people, the population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, has uh, has had has had two 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 million cases. So how do you how do you have a smaller population by such a size have have again more than double the number of uh, of cases of this disease. So um, you know cases are continuing to rise in uh, in almost half of our states. Um, a few states make up almost half of our full infections. Uh, it's it, it 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 just it is it is mind numbing. It is befuddling. It is infuriating, and it is a direct cause of a complete and utter failure of leadership to do a darn thing about it. And we're talking about that in the, at the federal level. Uh, I, it, it, I maybe go ahead. Sorry. sorry. It just may be worth refreshing people who maybe don't know Alex, um, that Alex holds a, a master's in public health. Um, what you, you work for a, a hospital a system in the Detroit area, focusing specifically on public health outcomes. Am I getting your job right there? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I don't want to give away, I don't want to give away like what your address is or anything. But yeah, I mean, you he's know. not Googleable <laughs> at all. No one's going to be able to figure this out. <laughs> but but Alex Alex does this for a living. So you know he he tracks data on this. He, he reviews literature and he helps implement better public health outcomes for people in the Metro Detroit region. As that literally gets paid to do that. So. Not a dumb-dumb when it comes to this. So let's start with what's easiest here. Trevor Lawrence comes out and makes an impassioned plea to the country. Uh, I have no doubt. I don't think anyone on this podcast has any doubt that these players want to play the game. That's why they're- I want them to play too. We also, yeah. That, I think I'm speaking for all three of us. 
we would prefer that we were able to play college football in the fall. We had uh, we millions all... of dollars of sponsorships lined up if there was football. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be lean times here on the Can't Read, Can't Write podcast because of this. We we don't benefit in any in any way. Here's the problem. Mr. Lawrence, your the entire approach that you took was faulty. I mean, I understand that you want to play. I also understand that you stand to benefit substantially from playing. Uh, so. First, he made he made the claim that student athletes are just going to disperse off to the winds and then they're going to they're going to engage in reckless behavior. First off, my understanding is that student athletes will remain on almost all campuses in almost all cases. Second, it is a little uh, upsetting to suggest that uh, that student athletes can't handle themselves if they don't have football to preoccupy themselves with. They're just going to be out doing things. It also suggests uh, his statement that some student athletes, you know, uh, let's, let's be honest, he's making big assumptions about the student athletes of lower socioeconomic status than himself. Uh, just because you make a statement like this doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean that it's, it's factual. Also, he makes the claim that it's safer to be playing football than it is to just be out in public uh, as a in terms of uh, COVID transmission. I think we've seen that that is patently false. Uh, how many Clemson uh, football players have already tested positive for COVID nineteen? Uh, how many student athletes? It was here. There was a huge outbreak here where. 10 or 15 uh, of the 120 practicing uh, MSU football players contracted COVID-19. I mean, that's a terrible ratio. 10% of the U.S. population hasn't tested positive for the disease. Uh, so I, I think it's just terrible logic. Um, we haven't even gotten to the part of like people dismissing it as in like, yeah, the kids will get sick, but who cares? They're basically invincible. Yeah, that they might not all so, actually have major health complications, but there was uh, a parent of a IU lineman whose name I probably should have looked up in advance who made an impassioned plea on Facebook about her son and his ER experience after being uh, after contracting COVID nineteen. So these kids aren't immortal, and we don't know the long term effects of this disease. Well, so. And, and and like, let's actually zero in on that lineman and, and the, the related condition he has, as well as a number of other people. And maybe Alex can tell us a little bit more about it. Um, but the thing that's been grabbing the attention of ADs, conference commissioners, and university presidents across the country is something called myocarditis. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Alex. Um, that is apparently based upon the science that's being reported right now anyway, is that even among asymptomatic COVID carriers is an affliction that can reach their heart with unknown duration and severity. Uh, I believe it's the same condition that uh, a pitcher from the Mets uh, who's having to sit out the rest of the season obtained because or, or contracted or, or it afflicted them in that way. So. Alex, I mean, I guess, can you tell us maybe the, the Grand Canyon of knowledge we don't know about COVID and then why maybe ADs 
and presidents and commissioners are looking at that lack of knowledge as a serious broader threat to their institutions. Yeah, sure. So you're right. The myocarditis is a, is a pretty big um, concern here. It's still relatively rare. The problem is we continue to talk about COVID like it is a pulmonary condition. uh, Like it's a lung, a lung disease. And what we're, what, what some research is beginning to point us toward is that in fact, this disease may have a lot more to do with the blood vessels, with the vascular system. Um, we see things like the lack of um, that common symptom of lack of uh, um, taste and smell um, ends up being something that indicates a neurological deficit uh, or ne- neurological decomposition as a as a part of the disease course, as opposed to one that's pulmonary. Turns out most people who have loss of taste or smell end up having a pretty um, uh, generally speaking, have a more mild case of the disease. It may be because that's the, the route of entry for the, for the virus. Of course, viruses can't just get in your brain through your hair. So it, it, it's <laughs> demonstrative that we don't really fully understand, um, you know, the, the path of entry for this, for this virus in, in terms of it, how it's coming in. You know, are we, are we touching something and then touching our face? Are we breathing in air? Is it going from our lungs or our nose up through different so if you don't know all of that, if you don't fully understand, um, you know, the etymology of the disease and the way that it progresses, uh, you you quickly find that you can't actually work to contain it and to control it. And so if we're seeing myocarditis, an inflammation of the heart muscle, basically, um, you can get this from a number of viral conditions. Um, if it's if it's identified early, it generally is really easily treated. It, it can become very serious. It can require the use of a pacemaker or other medication to regulate heartbeat. But for the most part, um, it's, uh, it's, it's sort of a secondary infection. But what it in- illustrates is that um, you know, you, this virus is causing um, secondary or, or in some cases, primary infection of the heart. And obviously, that is, uh, that's something we really want to avoid because um, for these athletes, you know, world-class um, athletes in, in the top shape of their life, you, you can't afford to lose you know, even a percentage of your, of your cardiac functioning. Um, it, it obviously has a terrible impact on, on, uh, and your ability to, to perform and to, to continue to grow in your sport. And if you're used to working at hundred percent and your heart all of a sudden can't handle it, um, it, it could predispose you to, uh, you know, to death or to, a, to a really serious cardiac event in the middle of practice or in the middle of the game. So we got to take that, um, we got to take that seriously, but, but to your point, we, we don't know enough. And when we don't know enough, because this is, relatively speaking, you know, we're literally only six, seven months into this thing. There is so much more we have to, uh, yet to learn about this disease. And we can't learn until, um, you know, until we have the evidence uh, base to, to collect and measure and analyze that. And unfortunately, that just, it just takes time. Which is Obama's fault. Of course, he should have been, <laughs> he should have been, he should have had a playbook Yep, that he, that he literally uh, handed to Trump. Uh, so I, I think it, Greg, maybe you can help set the table here for one of the arguments that we're hearing in favor of how how this might be accomplished. And then we can have Alex tell us why we're idiots for even suggesting that this would be possible. Nice. Um, so uh, people uh, keep referencing a bubble mm-hmm. that uh, we could we could have a bubble. And, you know, uh, y- you look at we uh you you lived your freshman year in brody right yeah i did um uh, alex and i 420 uh, bailey (laughs) alex and i uh through a a program we took part in as uh as as high school kids and then uh post high school um 
uh, were in, in the projects uh, for times over the summer. It is apparently the world's largest non-military complex, uh, or the United States' largest non-military complex. Um, why couldn't we just have a, a bit of an Olympic village, right? Could like help me out, Greg? The the, the Brody could become an Olympic village of MSU sports. Uh, pure quarantine, right? Wait. Why is it Brody? Why are you choosing Brody and not like Case Hall? Well, I mean, I'm hung uh, up on this, Jonesy. It's got a see. Nice this is why it can't work. It's already fallen apart. Uh, I mean, we've talked about this on the pod. Uh, I know that you're setting me up to make a uh, an argument here, but they're student athletes. They can't operate in a bubble. If we are going to maintain any illusions about this being uh, an amateur athletics. Uh, approach to the game where their students at their students first athletes second it truly is just the best you know the best students at msu at football playing the best students of purdue at football you can't preclude them from interacting with their peers from going to class from doing other things that other students that uh, as it turns out at msu uh, if you're able you're being asked to stay at home but International students and others are partaking in on campus as well. It's it is not the case as with the professional leagues that you're paying these players vast sums of money and you can isolate them from their friends and family for the season because it, it's easily justified. Uh, it just doesn't work with these kids to ask them to do that additional level in in addition to everything else that you're asking for them to do put themselves at risk and then also they play each other in a game where they hit each other and breathe on each other uh have you looked have you looked at the at the line of scrimmage does the the, is that six foot social distancing are we changing the rules Mm -hmm. uh it's just it's simply not gonna work it just doesn't work it's incompatible well and Uh, alex i feel like the other thing that that i've been reading is that there's a a a problem with testing in that the turnaround time isn't fast enough. And is that a, is that a statewide problem? Why, why is that not a problem for instance, with the NBA? Uh, That's a great question. I I don't actually know how and why the NBA is able to do this. I would imagine that they have contracted directly with labs that allow them to, um, to just get preferential kind of uh, testing availability. I would imagine that state universities are, are probably using state facilities. Um, I, I could hazard a guess that many of these universities have the lab capacity, especially those with medical schools, um, to do this. But sometimes, you know, if they don't have the right certifications or staff on hand, um, it, it, this can take a while. We are still using a generation test that's dependent on those swabs. Um, I myself just enrolled in the a major vaccine study that's that's taking place in Detroit. Um, a you did? Pharmaceutical, yep, called the Moderna Moderna Pharmaceuticals. They're uh, mm-hmm. got a vaccine out. So I don't know if I got the vaccine or if I got the placebo, but I'll tell you, they took you know a ton of blood, and then after they took all the blood, they did the nasal swab for me. And I had nasally swabbed once and caused myself a ton of pain because I went so far back. And when that nurse stuck that swab up my nose. I realized I hadn't even gone half the distance I needed to go to get an Uh, actual specimen. I can't describe for uh, you the discomfort that I went through when I had that test. And she only had it in my like sinus nasal cavity for probably three seconds. Um, 
Oh, so too I, long, too long, too long. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't begin to describe for you that it, this test is the way that it's currently being collected. It is physically impossible for any human to do that to themselves. I defy someone to be able to inflict that level of pain and discomfort on themselves. It, it, it's it's just, it's not even, it's never going to happen. So that's one. Two, um, our tests, because again, we had the opportunity back when, back, back, back when, we had the opportunity to take and perfect a test that was coming from, I believe, China, and then it was on to Germany. And we uh, we refused to do both um, for reasons that are yet still beyond us. Alex Azar, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, insisted that CDC develop its own test. Um, so that cost us a tremendous amount of time and energy. And because of that, we are now with a generation test that is um, lacks completely in uh, in specificity. I think we've talked about this on the pod before. In testing, you have two measures that matter, sensitivity and specificity. Sensitivity is how how confident are you that when you say yes, your yes means yes. And so our tests now are nearly 100% sensitive, which means when you get a positive test, that test means you have it. Guaranteed, a positive test Unless means- Unless you're Mike DeWine. Well, again, the negative test is the thing you have to ignore there. If he had a positive test, it doesn't matter in what- which, which, if he took it first or second or third, if he had a positive test, he, we're talking one in a million, one in two million that he didn't have that, that, he, that, that the, test, the test was actually, that was wrong. That's how good our sensitivity measures are. So it's good at identifying, but, but yes, meaning yes is not the same as no meaning no. Because again, for the purposes I just said, if you're not getting a good specimen because you don't want to make yourself go blind with pain from this thing that far into your brain, then we don't actually know if when your test says no, if that means you don't actually have it. If you don't yeah. accurately collect the sample, we don't know if you don't have it. You, you might as well just cough in my face and we'll see if I get sick. It's impossible to know. So right now, specificity is about 85%. Well, unfortunately, only about 5% of the population at any time is really carrying it, which means that that 15%, that 15% um difference, uh, 15% likely that the test is wrong is three times the size of the actual carrying capacity in the country, which I know is a little bit wonky. It just means that test meaning no has nothing. You you have to get a specificity at 98% so that then if the test says you don't have it, well, then you probably don't have it. But that's never going to happen until we improve specimen collection. And so this relying on a nasal swab, which again, maybe is the best way to do it. There's been research out there that demonstrate that spit tests would be just as effective, but collecting someone's spit is awkward. It's gross. It requires more um, tools to to be able to capture it. It requires different methodology to run the test, to isolate the sample. So it's, it's a whole different thing. At this point, we have a whole architecture built up on receiving these tests that, that make it one way. So that legacy becomes very much more complicated to overcome. But until you have tests that that your no means no and your yes means yes, testing doesn't mean anything. So you can continue to do these tests and you can say, well, no one tested positive. Well, that's great. But not testing positive is not the same thing as ensuring that no one there doesn't have the disease. And we know that asymptomatic carriers are spreading this more than symptomatic carriers because yep. you're going out all the time and you're seeing this continue to happen. In fact, 
just another article today that was um, making the rounds in some of the scientific periodicals is that scientists are beginning to wonder whether or not there is some secret to asymptomatic carriers that could mean that this is there's some secret there that we need to be exploring more because that could be how we get out of it quicker. And this is where we are. We're still relying on those sorts of hypotheticals to get us out of this. The science Wait, is wishy-washy and the politician, you know, this is, we're just not we're not making progress. What is the thought process behind that? That the asymptomatic carriers could be some kind of secret key to this whole thing what what is that yeah so there's a there's a concept in in some development literature called positive deviance and that sort of says when the vast majority does one thing and they all get this result and then this minority does a different thing or does or does something a little bit different and they get a wildly marked result we have to pay attention so if we're looking at asymptomatic carriers what's the positive deviance is there something in their biology and their chemistry is there something an enzyme that their blood produces that makes it protective is there some background history factor that they're um, that they're working with that is that is unique to them. That if we started to isolate that that group and identify them, that we could be we could be onto something. There could be something in the genome, some something that we extract or we're able to to preserve. But again, you can't do that until every single week you are testing every single American, so that you are identifying at least you're then identifying the positive cases and those who are asymptomatic. You could then do additional blood draws from. It would require a massive investment in our public health architecture, both from data collection. From the monitoring and and and, um, and analysis behind all of that, and then the rapid you know publication of it, it would it would it would just be an enormous undertaking. The, but the sad part is, it is completely possible. This is what the CDC is designed to do. This is the exact kind of bench science research that they live for, and it could be done if we would just dedicate the resources to it. And we don't. So this is where we'll continue to be, and we'll continue to wonder in all these things. How is it that someone with the eyebrows like I mean, I just, it is befuddling to me how someone like Ryan Day could be a Big Ten coach and have eyebrows that start that far apart on his head. And I don't know why we're not really talking about that. The man so, saw the goalpost and he said, what What about eyebrows on the goalpost? Uh, well, so we're talking a lot of science here, and I want to I wanna take it a little bit back to uh, to some football because I, I think the there, there's a lot of... It, there's a lot that's, I don't know, fascinating, interesting about um, it's it's political in the sense of college football. Though I, I think you can probably tie the the politics also to how people vote about potential moves or or decisions that are happening. Um, you know, we, I referenced up above that. Supposedly, the SEC was shopping around for teams that might want to play with their league uh, or their conference, rather, for a season. Creating the God's Country League. Yeah, I mean, Scott, Scott Frost is on camera. He's in. Saying, He's in. I don't care what happens with the Big Ten, we're playing this year. Um, and you see uh, Ryan Day, uh, Jim Harbaugh, James Franklin saying that they all want to play. Um, you know, one of the things that I flagged was was Jim Harbaugh in particular has been touting facts um, as facts support their ability to play. Now, it, it, we'll set to the side for the second the fact that uh, the experience at Michigan State, which is was not nearly as severe as Clemson, who at one point in time had a third of their team testing positive, or Rutgers, which I think is up to nearer a half then a third um, had tested positive. They say that the the hot tubs in the stadium are still shut down 
because of that outbreak. I mean, that's Ooh. how severe it is. Ooh. Hot tubs shut down in Jersey. I mean, that's where we're at. You can't have that. So Jim Harbaugh's facts, the, the too long didn't read uh, for Jim Harbaugh's facts are that um, Michigan, the University of Michigan football program's testing regimen has been the following, or in terms of results. 11 out of 893 tests were positive. Then it was two out of uh, 417, and then zero out of 353 over the full eight weeks. No coaches or staff have tested positive. Um, uh, no tests. Uh, he's talking. He's, he talks about contacts, uh, but he he writes contracts or someone wrote contracts anyway. Uh, uh, we're the ones who can't read, can't write, but um, have been traced back to their locker room or their workout facilities, uh, despite not uh, having paused any workouts. They follow all the CDC guidelines and have, uh, quote-unquote, self-implemented stricter standards for contact tracing and quarantining to prevent spread. Uh, Alex, what the hell is Jim Harbaugh talking about? Okay, the, the first problem here is that very little of what he wrote is actually passable English. So, so that, that's really, really important here to understand. He, he doesn't actually know what he's talking about. He references contract tracing multiple times. That's not a thing unless he's made some sort of contract with the devil. And I think we can all agree he has, but it's the wrong devil because Michigan still isn't performing. I don't know what he's doing. Um, I like the idea that he's made a devil, uh, a pact to the devil, and then these are still the outcomes. I mean, but, but, but that's what he would do. I mean, it's so the really best the devil can do under the circumstances. <laughs> We're the ones who should be ashamed at our inability to comprehend it. Um, so, so first it's contact tracing, right? This is a contact with the virus and you're tracing how many people came into contact with you because you got sick because you came into contact with a virus. Oh, right, he's talking about contraction. He, uh, he's conflating mm -hmm. contracts with contraction. Well, I hope that someone would shove him back into a womb then. <laughs> um, let's, let's do this second. These testing statistics are Trumpian, really in their misunderstanding of how the virus spreads or really what measurement means. Um, de demonstrating declining rates like he's done here means very little because we don't really know in what order the tests were taken. We don't know whether they're repeat tests. We don't know um, the, the standards of um, the testing regimen. The bigger point that I think we have to make with respect to this is, and I already made the point earlier, until no means no, every bit as much as yes means yes, there's no way to know whether any of these student athletes aren't a positive, I'm sorry, asymptomatic positive carriers of the virus. And so Having and this isn't necessarily just Jim Harbaugh's fault, right? This is the larger context that we're working with in here. But their continued yeah. reliance on beefing up their testing standards, doing quarantine For, to, to the point on quarantine, by the way, and the whole bubble conversation. Did anyone watch Seinfeld and remember what happened to the bubble boy? There's always going to be a George Costanza that comes in and kills the poor kid because he went to the bar with his friends, because she refused to wash her hands, or she wanted to go visit grandma in the nursing home. There's always going to be that. There's no way to control for it. And so these whole standards and what they think that they're doing, it's not evidence. There are a series of isolated facts in time that, that Jim Harbaugh thinks supports his case. So he's putting them together in a, in a mildly literate sense to try to make a case that, that really he just wants to go back on the field with his tucked in polo shirt and his ill-fitting hat and, and coach his boys to another mediocre and underperforming season. And I understand, but it's just not compelling. 
I like using the parable of the of the bubble boy from uh, from Seinfeld. That actually answers also one of our Twitter questions. So that's perfect. That checks the box there. Uh, yeah, uh, it it totally leaves out all of the complicating factors of when you know the fall comes around and some students return to campus. It's we haven't even talked about the insurrection of the coaches against their administration yet. Have you yeah. seen anything like this? Just the public just reaching out to the public of these big 10 coaches against the wishes of the, well, we assume the wishes of their administrators. Like I've never seen anything like this. This is unreal. Like this would not be allowed under any other context. What is going on with this? No, it, it, it it's, it's absolutely insane. Um, the, in case Jonesy, in case anyone doesn't know. Uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Phil, Phil, no, 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 no. Fill people in for, uh, for, for everyone. So it started with Ryan Day from what I've seen. So we talked about Trevor Lawrence had the the let them play hashtag and it it gained some ground. And then Pat Narduzzi did a retweet of someone saying let them play. That was like the first coach that I was aware of in my Twitter orbit. And then Ryan Day came out and explicitly stated that he wanted them to play and to let them play. And then Harbaugh wrote his, you know, his medium post. And then uh, Pat Narduzzi came out and had an explicit tweet about uh, supporting the Let Them Play movement. And then uh, what's his name at Penn State, whose name is I'm failing right now. Uh, uh, James Franklin, pardon me, uh, also posted the same. So, no, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think this is. <laughs> I, I don't really know how you, you get away with this. I, I feel like if I ever uh, stepped into a moment where I was speaking this prolifically against my own employer, I'd be marched into HR and, and, and be thanked for my uh, many years of, of valorious service and then promptly kicked in the butt on the way down the stairs. How yeah. the, the, the sheer audacity of these people is glorious, but then this is who we're talking about. It, it is literally, it's the Jim Harbaugh's it's the, it's the it's the Ryan Days who can't tweeze to save their lives. I don't know what more we should expect from them, but this is it's a culture of enablement that allows it to continue. For Ryan Day, is it a tweezing issue, or does he need to be doing something to kind of fill or in less the gap? tweezing? Less yeah, does he need to be, be like penciling in, or what is what is the solution there for for Ryan Day? It's not important. I like how the stand that they take against their administration is this. I, I mean, I understand that. It's dire that you're about to lose your college football season, but you're up against a global pandemic and one that's already cost the lives of 160,000 Americans with no end in sight. We were talking months ago about how 50,000 deaths would be terrible, an awful outcome, but the president thought he was going to keep it to 20. We're at 160,000 deaths. I should have fact-checked this, but NPR told me this morning when I was listening and putting my morning coffee together that COVID-19 is on pace to be the third highest cause of death in the United States in 2020. It's unreal. And this is where they chose to draw the line. And I, I don't understand it. It wouldn't be acceptable for me. Uh, Paul Marty said it wouldn't be acceptable for him. Um, and, and to do it about a global pandemic, I, I don't understand. It's embarrassing. It's I the, think, yeah, it's the absence of leadership. It is, and it's, 
And also, by the way, it is the funnel mis- fundamental misunderstanding of it, or rather, it is the hubris to think that you can do this safely and and that somehow the only people who would ultimately be affected if someone got sick are the players. Because that's a whole other train of thought, right? Is that that, well, these kids will survive it because so let's let's pretend and pretend the the myocarditis doesn't exist mm-hmm. and that you know these kids will survive it and that none of them will die okay let's pretend that for a second one of these kids contracted it somehow which means that it, or, or several of these kids contracted it somehow which means that someone entered their orbit who had also contracted it yeah which is either they're not in a bubble in which case they are then spreading the virus or like or or the coaches and staff aren't in the bubble in which case they also are spreading the virus yeah it is so wholly irresponsible and such like we need leaders right now we we're so desperate for leadership and so when you see people like freaking pat narduzzi tweeting a picture of his team standing shoulder to shoulder in a pandemic where distance is important. I I'm, I'm at a freaking loss over that. Let me just underline Kevin's point. You're absolutely right. Jones, uh, Kevin, you did hear that right on NPR. They they're it's something around 300,000 is what some researchers have predicted could be the death toll by December, in which case it would be the third deadliest, uh, uh sort of cause of death or, or the third highest rate rate rated cause of death for, for the year 2020. The reason why they're predicting that is you're already at 160,000 with November, with December, come colder air. Colder air means any aerosolized particles, which right now we're hypothesizing is the main mode of entry into the body. Less humidity in the air um, with, as it gets colder means that the particles have less moisture to glom onto, which then drops them to the ground, keeps them out of the air. So that that cooler air allows that to stay up longer. That becomes super problematic. Obviously, we have a stronger cold and flu season in the fall and into the winter every single year. Um, so you think about college students, bubbled or not, um, in indoors practice facilities. We've already seen, you know, poor as we just pointed out with Narduzzi, but even at Michigan State, guys not in masks, guys with masks only half on, working out, yeah. heavy breathing, asymptomatic. You know what we're seeing right now. We're right now in conditions where we should be able to be outdoors, be socially distanced. And we're we're gonna see, and we're already see, we're seeing positive cases. That's that's only gonna grow, and it's gonna grow exponentially um, as we get into this this next winter season. So it's 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 just it's it's not a question of if; it's simply a question of when. And if you want to accept the president's, well, it is what it is. We just got to deal with it. You can do that too, but but you have to understand that. Or Ben that, Sass, or Ben Sass, or any number of the other ones. But you know, you saw someone. Uh, I saw this on Twitter. Trevor Lawrence's comment and the president's response to it, and some guy. Some you know this is just some idiot, but the people who want uh, football to return are the same people who believe that COVID is nothing worse than a bad cold, and and they are the same ones who won't wear a mask, right? It's th- mm-hmm. that there's a Venn diagram there. They're the same people. You there's can't substantial overlap. You, yeah. you can't have it all. You can't have it's it's just the cold. And I don't need to wear a mask, and and they're immune, and then we're gonna play football. Those things they all go together, and when they go together. It equals 300, 325, 350,000 deaths. It's how, how is that okay? And, and I think it's, it's genuinely worth repeating because 
we're all pretty passionate about this, that we want there to be football. Like, can you imagine how much better the podcast would be if we didn't have to talk about this and we could talk about football instead? I would be That's so much happier. So much that happier. argument of some particular idiots, including those with, you know, ESPN next to their uh, next to their titles. I've noticed uh, talking about how our NFL reporters, NFL network reporters. I saw Joel Klatt out there yeah. talking oh, about yeah, how. Yeah, the college football writers just just want to see college football gone. Like for why it's their livelihood. It makes, it, you in think a, in a dying medium? Yeah, like you think Graham Couch of the Lansing State Journal doesn't want all of the premium subscribers that come with with football season? Are you kidding me? Like, just think about it for a second. The loops that you have to jump through. Like, yes. It is dangerous, but the kids are immortal, but it doesn't matter anyway. Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. So I don't know what to say. Today today was draining for me. Like, just watching it on my phone, watching it all transpire. This is, we've talked about this over time, Jonesy, about how you have good days and you have bad days. This was a rough one for me. Just the amount of respect that I lost for it a huge percentage of my my fellow man today. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I would agree. And and what was befuddling to me is that you know, I thought we had had a bit of a um a bit of an echo chamber in both who we followed and our followers on on the Twitter machine. Mm-hmm. And I was dismayed at some of the things that I was seeing said today that it because i mean don't again i go back to don't get me wrong i so desperately want college football i i want life to be back to normal i i i it is gonna be devastating just from a sense of normalcy from a, a things to look forward to i mean like you know Generally, I don't know about you guys, but without football, my life has very little meaning. Like, but I guess it, Jonesy's it, a dad, but but it, it, Plum, what do you got over there? It's a week to week thing to look forward to. That's the, that's the that's the mental drain of COVID. Is what do you have to look forward to? Well, yeah. maybe Kevin can be my daddy, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll work something out. We we <laughs> we'll all. Zaddy, you mean? Um, I did. I did. I did. Uh, we, yeah, we all want this, but it, I, it, first thing that I want is the virus to go away. And part of that, sadly, is that football shouldn't happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we've spent a lot of time on football. So let's pretend for a moment that basketball is going to happen and talk about <laughs> basketball for a second. Okay. Okay. Go for it. Two big pieces of news uh coming out in basketball this week. Jack Hoiberg, father gonna run away to a different conference, Hoiberg, has earned a scholarship for the men's shooty hoops. Kevin, what's your take? My take is uh good for Jack Hoiberg. I hope we don't have to see him play at all. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I like how you're good. Your rich parents don't have to 
you know, throw in for tuition. <laughs> yeah, your, your dad who's year. Uh, coaching a, a Big Ten team doesn't have to pay for what? Like, That's fine. We've had issues with other walk-ons. I'm just glad that uh, this is the one that gets the scholarship. What's the other piece of basketball news? So uh, many a crystal ball have now been entered officially for Jaden uh, Akins. Um, uh, recruit who will be member of the class of 2021 um, is going to be playing with Amani on his prep school team this year. Uh, solid high four-star recruit going to be joining MSU. Uh, it would be another win over uh, our, our frenemies to the South. Um, you know, it, it, the commit hasn't happened, but look, I believe he said Thursday at 3 p.m is when his commit will be. Oh, so, he made an actual announcement of when his commitment would be? He did. I think that the cat started kind of coming out of the bag and so I think he he uh, he got in front of it. Yeah, yeah, so he's smart. He like we're just going to we're just going to do this. So, um so anyway, th- that's a that was an anticipated member of the 2021 class, uh which would have made it uh it was already awesome in its own right even without the reclassifications that we speculate about. But this, uh, you know, this will be a nice, very good pickup. Likely another guy who's maybe a, a three-year, three to four-year uh, prospect. Um, so, you know, in terms of you look for for teams that have experience, he will be a real, real solid asset for uh, for us uh, down the line. Um, so with that, uh, should we head to our not a sponsor? That sounds great. All right, uh, Plum. Uh, I, I think you, in its suspicion, this reached out, uh, to a dear, dear friend of the pod slash not, uh, to see if they would uh, be willing to come on as a not a sponsor. So you want to tell the people what we got going on? Yeah, I was happy to, you know, it's, uh, it's a real, real pleasure to be able to bring in not a sponsors for the pod. It's near and dear to the heart and one really has to ensure <laughs> it's, uh, it's long-term sustainability. But yeah, this week's episode of can't read, can't write, uh, is not brought to us by the medical practice of Dr. Dan Dockich. Revered in countless vaccine truther medical circles, Dr. Dockich is one of only a few medical professionals in the United States who are willing to speak truth to power about the purported health properties of COVID-19. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tr- in, Say you know, more. In, more people don't know this, but uh, he trained at the uh, Hollywood Upstairs Medical College, um, really what sets Dr. Dan apart from most doctors is his unwillingness to use evidence or science to guide his practice. Instead, he really goes by gut instinct. And well, the results, they speak for themselves. So we're really encouraging uh, listeners this week, um, waiving all co-pays, go on, stop by Dr. Dan Dockich's practice for your next wellness checkup. Masks, of course, are not allowed because after freedom, the best prescription for whatever ails you is college football. And uh, you can use promo code uh, uh, Miles Bridges has game to to get a a, a free uh, free massage prescription from Dr. Dan. So uh, that's promo code Andy Miles guy. Bridges has game. And, and I believe Dr. Dan is a member of the the Dr. Nick medical family. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're all together. That's right. Yeah, yeah they, Dr. Nick Riviera. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, that's a uh, Simpsons a reference that Jonesy doesn't get. Uh, all right right, off grand river yes i think we should just say what we were going to talk about and move on because let's do like real quick hits on each of these except for the thing that there's not a quick hit that we can do all right so uh we'll do the first three as as quick hits or the last three i'm sorry as quick hits yes got it so 
The NCAA uh, was uh, in a lawsuit trying to limit the educational benefits of student athletes. Shocker. Limiting spend on things like laptops, et cetera. Um, you know, devices that are needed for, for doing what you do. Um, they uh, have they lost at the uh, Circuit Court of Appeals and have appealed that decision to SCOTUS because they don't want to spend money on the student part of student athletes. <laughs> cool. Uh, on brand, very on brand. <laughs> so um, next up is Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day in a bit of a reported spat. Uh, look, I, so there's a couple, it, I, w- I want to talk about this for just a second. So what happened was there was a conference call amongst Big Ten coaches. <laughs> And reportedly in the middle of said call, Jim Harbaugh says, "Mm, guys, Ryan Day had a coach on the field a couple days in advance of when the coach was supposed to be on the field. And it initially got misreported, it sounds like, as Ryan Day uh, clapping back with the threat of uh, the Big Ten Better Institute of Mercy rule because we're going to throw 100 up on you. Um, Instead, apparently Ryan Day just said that to his team. That quote is now hanging on some sort of like, uh, you know, what used to be, you know, like a bulletin board material. But now they just have TVs that that run different PowerPoint slides on them. Uh, like so that quote Burger that, King menu. Yeah, yes. Yes. So the Burger King menu in um, in uh, in uh, the Wolverine locker room is apparently a threat from Ryan Day to run 100 up on them, which uh so, Greg, I know you and I disagree on this, so I'm just going to say my piece. I didn't know that Ryan Day had something like that in him because, as we've talked about the eyebrows, he's always seemed like, uh, he seemed a little soft to me. I, I know his team isn't, but, like, he just seems like, yeah, all right, I'll grab a beer with you, whatever. I mean, I don't have a feel for him. Uh the menacing <laughs> angry quote back was well, I was like, I didn't know you had that in you. Okay. I just don't care about this stuff right now. I, I, like, I, I, Plum, I, do, you have a, do you have a response to this involving perhaps eyebrow gap? I, I, I can't even summon something. They are both so juvenile and this is what they're fighting about. I love it. I wish I could be so ignorant. God help me. Give me the courage to be this stupid, please. Uh, no. Speaking speaking of uh, maybe not bright, uh, <laughs> Draymond Green, uh, who is putting on a master class in what it is to be a commentator on TNT um, for the NBA (laughs) has been fined $50,000 because he got on the air, commented on the play of one player in particular and said, he is too good for the Phoenix suns. Greg, who is the player? Devin Booker. Devin Booker, too good. Maybe too good for the Phoenix suns. I mean, Draymond's probably not wrong. But yeah, so Draymond went on to say, uh, dude needs to be looking for a new team because he's he's too good for the Suns, uh, to which Will Baum responds, uh, are you tampering right now? And he says, maybe it was Ernie that said that. But oh, uh, you're right. right. But uh, yeah, so Draymond uh, in his broadcasting career off to a, a great start, you know, 
50 50k in the hole uh i love it <laughs> the very i beginning. love it have you guys been watching him at all on tv no just he's don't worry about draymond after he's done playing he i was not worried about him <laughs> yeah it's it's gonna be great yeah, we're no, gonna some be of seeing... his analysis has been really good he's Dude. like uh he's like dockage but is not bad did you see when Draymond showed up on uh, on uh, LeBron's show on HBO, uh, the shop, the barbershop? shop? say more. Basically, uh, LeBron is just like, Draymond is one of the best basketball players in the league because he can break the whole game down. He understands the game in a way that many basketball players rely on their athleticism as a crutch. Draymond doesn't do that. So... I can understand how that would translate you into being a very, very good broadcaster. And then, by he's the got way, that's going to be Tillman's personality. Too. That's going to yeah. be Tillman in the league. Tillman also, I don't, I, I expect Tillman has a broadcast career too. Okay, kind of a different, maybe a different kind of. Uh, he's the straight man to broadcasting. Yes. Yeah, definitely. yeah, for sure. He's uh, your dream on. I'm me and 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 Tillman in this scenario. Uh. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's gents, let's head over to our serious topic. Uh, Colorado State University. Uh, it's a disaster. Um, so, you know, I, I think the place to start is first there were initial reports and we don't need to say too much about this piece of it. I, I don't think that there were complaints among, uh, athletes and staffers that, uh, the Colorado State was not taking COVID-19, um, seriously uh they were threatening players to reduce playing time if they quarantined um they were altering contact tracing reports i mean we we can spend time on this but we spent 45 minutes on why this shit's really freaking important so like the fact that that a a d1 institution is not taking it seriously is offensive because it means you don't care about other people's health so there's that report and then Mm -hmm. That report isn't what suspends football activities, but instead reports of racism. So, Greg, we spent a lot of time covering Iowa. Mm-hmm. I, and I think we were both on record saying that Iowa is just the tip, right? Like, th- it's not going to end there. So, no, what, it's certainly not. It- I I don't think I have all the information on Colorado State yet, and our Iowa listening audience is probably like moaning about like, oh, great, so Colorado State gets off easy. Uh, I will give Colorado State administration a lot of credit for shutting everything down and hiring an outside firm and just deciding to get to the bottom of this over what are very very serious allegations. Um, Plum, have you been following this story at all? I, I haven't, other than, you know, what, what spot. No, it's good. No, 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 it's good. Then what we've been covering, I, I haven't. I think, you know, we've been talking about all the all the work that they've, uh, they, the good work they've been doing to try to alter, you know, <laughs> their their tracing regimen. And that's, that's impressive. You know, it's not like, it's not like testing really works by itself already. Why not just do it some more favor and, and keep some of these already suspect data even, even less convincing? I think it's great. I, I really am impressed by their by their commitment to it. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I 
Right. We're we're not we're not going to. Honestly, the show's gone too long. But needless to say, the allegations are at least on par with with what was going on at Iowa. Yeah. Um, and the response from from the athletic director was shut it down. Yes. It you know full stop. This is not okay. We we're going to investigate. We're going to evaluate, and we are, and and because. He, no one should have to live through this. It's not good through for their, for their health and well being, And it's just not right from just to how you treat other human beings. Um, so kudos. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't want to give CSU a pass because you can't get a culture like that. And then, you know, it, it still existed. Right. But I at least appreciate the, we're going to full stop on this. Um, so that's, uh, that's a great response. And it's a story that we're going to continue to track here. Yeah. I think we'll dedicate more time to this in the future. Yeah. Um, so with that, uh, let's get ready for some Twitter questions, but before we do a quick sponsor from uh, a quick word from our other sponsor, uh, Brandon Sands, of course, who we have been thrilled to talk about, uh, is a mortgage loan originator who's closed over 10,000 loans and works for one of the largest mortgage lenders in the country, guaranteed rate. Most let you know that mortgage rates are at mortgage rates are at their lowest ever, ever, ever. And so, if you happen to be in the market to buy a home, or perhaps if you're paying more than four percent on your current mortgage, you might want to look into refinancing. Give Brandon a quick shout. You can find him at rate.com/backslash/brandonsands. That's rate.com/brandon with an e, sands with a z. Rate.com/backslash/brandonsands. I reach out. I did it, guys. I I did it. I fi- I did it. He I did. reached out to Brandon. It's We're true. Tomorrow. Stop yeah. it. Really? It's real. It's happening. I love it. It's, I've been hard on the listeners for not doing it. I was projecting that anger that I had with myself, but I did the right thing. I emailed Brandon, and we're, we've got a discussion going tomorrow, and he's going to save and me a lot of money. It's, it's, it's a great. no pressure. It's a no pressure conversation, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have and a I'm going to make him chug during the, the whole conversation tomorrow. Waterfall. Honestly, Honestly, I would be thrilled if you insisted on playing like King's Cup while on the call. <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah. Let's Brandon get into Sands. it. No, Brandon doesn't Twitter have a question. question. Twitter questions. All right. First up is Raymond Chains. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and alternate off. I'm gonna just going to okay. DJ this thing. And if I have something that I feel like I really need to say, um, then I'll jump in. But... Uh, First one up, Greg, I'm going to pass to you. What exactly did Jim Harbaugh do this past week that made people roll their eyes at him once again? Well, Raymond, you're going to have to be more specific, my man. There's been like 15 things, but I think what we're referring to is the story that apparently right after uh, U of M football got the Jumpman thing, which they were all excited about, even though Jumpman is a basketball thing from a yep. guy that didn't go to their school. Uh, <laughs> Don't understand reportedly. That at all refused to remove his cleats because he was wearing cleats uh, while entering recruits' homes and walking on their hardwood floors, which ruined the whole recruiting situation, as you might imagine. So that was the weirdness that we started the week with Jim Harbaugh, and then we ended it with him... Being a scientist. Yeah, his fake science. It was was a good week for Jim, boy. 
All right. Next up from Raymond is this week on the D'Antonio show. Coach D and Lovey Smith agree to grow out their beards for charity, but good intentions give way to competition. Or ever the conservative defense strategist, Coach D buys a bunker to wait out the virus, but the family isn't down for it. Plum, what do you think here? What's Coach D uh, up to this week? Well, he's already got the bunker, so I I, I can't. I think I, that that's been played. Listen, he he did try to come for Lovey Smith because the thing with Coach is he always punches above his weight. And uh, unfortunately, it's not going to turn out well because no one's beard can hold a can hold a a, a, a flame uh, to what the uh, the Illini legend uh, Coach Smith can do. Uh, one thing we didn't say about our beard oil is keep flames the hell away from it. Uh, <laughs> yes, just, you, yeah, we have uh, to disclose that now that it's our, been brought. Our not up. a sponsor. Uh, Lovey Smith Beard Oil wants to let you know: do not go near a fire. It's extraordinarily. Uh, but, but Dr. Dan Dockage is actually surprisingly okay with it. So yeah, take the good with it. <laughs> uh, all right, Greg. Uh, actually, I think this one is a little bit for me. Um, uh, the question is, you seem to get some flack responding to a sports radio guy's rant. What happened? So I may have responded to a Graham Couch tweet. Uh, and then some people hijacked it um, with not my points. And I probably shouldn't have tweeted it from our account, but the gist is that Grant or Graham was uh, complaining a little bit about someone protesting outside of the mayor's house. And I said that maybe right now we shouldn't be telling black people how they should protest. Um, and some people co-opted, tried to cancel Graham. It was stupid that Graham has been a, 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 uh, an amplifier of black voices in the Lansing community. And certainly, you know, while being apolitical for the most part, though, not entirely is, is a supporter of black lives matter. Um, and, and, and racial equality in this country. And so it, that critique was targeted at somebody who is in support of those issues, which we are here on the pod. So, um, I'll just say that I regret sending the tweet, though don't disagree with the point that maybe after 400 years of scraping for equality, we shouldn't be telling black people how to use their voices. So the guy did apparently also have a gun. So as soon as you have, as soon as you have a gun, uh, it's not a protest anymore. It's intimidation. And I said that about the, uh, the MAGA protesters at the state house too. So. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Graham. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, next question is um, uh, from Raymond. Greg, I'll send it to you. Last week, you mentioned the one and the two and so on in reference to basketball positions. You said that you assumed everyone knew those terms, but I don't. Could you clarify with famous players as examples? I don't know if he's pulling our leg or not, but uh, we had people who didn't know those terms. and uh, That's fair. Was- it's, it's, That's it's fine. Honestly, it's not a silly thing to not know. Um, it's not. It's not. So the one is the point guard position. So that's your Cassius. No, Cassius Winston. The two is a shooting guard position. So that's your Aaron Henry. So uh, that's your secondary or guard or well, now we're magic. A little magic bit would be a famous example of a go. point guard. Off to a good start, Jonesy. Uh, three 
is going to be your small forward. So this, or a wing now, we are starting to say more. So this is like a someone in college basketball that's probably going to be at least like 6'5 to 6'8, six, 6'9. Um, taller. Yeah, they, they play both on the perimeter and in the paint. Uh, the four is going to be the power forward. So now you're getting much bigger. Uh, so power forwards on our team are... You know, these are also wings in some offenses. So um, power forwards in our in our offense would be like your Malik Halls, that type. And then five is the center. So traditionally the biggest guy on the court plays under the basket a lot of the time, sets a lot of screens now in modern offenses, um, does a lot of pick and roll type situations uh, where you're starting with the ball in the point guard's hands and then you set a pick and then the big rolls to the hoop. And then, yeah. Um, you'll also hear uh, about stretch fours. Yes. Shaq is a famous example. Uh, a stretch four is a prized and coveted style, uh, big man who can shoot a three. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Shaq's a famous five. That's great. Famous. Do we have a famous four? Like, I know Draymond's you said Malik. a famous four yes. in a lot of cases. Draymond is yeah. a famous four. Famous three from... Miles Bridges would be a, yes. a three. Yep. yep. Uh, Shannon Brown a two, right? Or did yep. he play the three? Nah, he was a two. Yeah. He, especially in the NBA. Maybe in college. I got to think back. But in the NBA, definitely a two. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Actually, great question, Raymond. I, I like mm-hmm. this question. Um, all right. Thank you for... Thank you, Raymond. That was good. Uh, Plum, I'm going to give you Sawyer like Tom's first question. Uh, so football will be canceled. Tell me what you think the band cheerleaders and dance team will be up to assuming they don't just take the fall off. Uh, actually they just came out with this, uh, president Stanley just issued a press release. They're going to be directing traffic for East Lansing. Um, it's a little bit bit silly, um, but I think it's a good use of their, uh, uniforms, bright and, uh, uh, popular, big pompadour caps and, uh, yeah, it'll be nice. So I'm looking forward to that for them. And I think it'll save the city some uh, electricity costs. Uh, Greg, you have to take some photos and put them up to the Twitter. I will. I'm a little concerned about the band just respirating all over East Lansing. But, you know, they have to do something, right? They got to do something. I mean, gotta occupy that time. Yeah. It's better that they're there so you can have like the drumline people just sort of at weird hours practicing instead of, um, you know, back at their respective apartments, just drumming yeah. inside of the complex. That would not be yeah. good. Um, looks like next question is for me, uh, Jonesy, what's the most heartbreaking thing your kid could say to you? Greg, come up with something worse that, uh, than however Jonesy responds. Uh, Plum, I'm also going to invite you on this. First of all, my son would have to talk a lot more than he does. To be fair, your son talks a lot right now. Actually, it just doesn't make sense. Yes. He, he talks to himself. Um, but, uh, I, you know, if, if he just told me, like, if he told me bye while I was trying to hang out with him, that would probably be kind of sad. Just, like, go away. Bye. Um, but he doesn't say anything mean to me. He can't. I mean, obviously, if he said, I only want mommy, that would be. Honestly, if he said that, though, I'd be so thrilled for his verbal development. <laughs> <laughs> I would just mommy. Over and over and over again. 
uh, whatever you're doing, just mommy the whole time. He goes through phases on which parent he enjoys the most. So, um, mm. currently winning. Uh, <laughs> next up from Sawyer, like Tom, uh, Plum, I'm going to send this to you. We just moved and the bar needs to be restocked. What are the first three things you buy? Oh, that's not difficult at all. Uh, you got to get bullet. Uh, you got to have a nice, uh, got to have a nice bourbon. So that's just clear because you can build a lot off of a good bourbon. So there's that. Uh, second, you need gin because for folks who don't like dark liquors, you got to have something that's a little bit light. We're going to go with a Hendrix, obviously some very nice, uh, uh, botanical flavor profiles out right now for the mm-hmm. summer season. So highly recommending that. And then I think the third thing is tequila because, you know, you get friends over, you want to play a little beer pong, you want to have a little bit of fun. There's a lot you can do with tequila. A shot of tequila always makes the night go right. So I don't know. Uh, I'm, I would throw it back to you, those. Uh, I don't think you go wrong with those three options. I strong cosign on that. Greg, how about you? Yeah, no, that was well done. I was going to say, I was going to say Burnett's. So <laughs> you threw it to the right person. Wait, wait, wait which Burnett's though? All of them. Get the <laughs> full lineup. Honestly, the flavor pack. So you're like, Tom, if you do that, if you do that, uh, please send a picture and we will think of a fun prize for you. If you get the full mm-hmm. Burnett's line. Uh, it's a heavy investment for a prize. It will not be worth the effort, it, by the way. All right, fine. So like, Tom. If you get four Burnett's and line them up in a row, some prize. Uh, last question, uh, Grek. What's your favorite conspiracy theory? Not COVID. Don't give me that nonsense. Don't give that nonsense any more airtime. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably that's a little too real right now. You already favorite did. Conspiracy <laughs> theory is oh, there are some real good ones. JFK, JFK, JFK. I mean, Bush did nine eleven is my toast, my default toast. So um, that's a good one. Uh, I'm a real sucker for anything like alien related so give me something alien you saw those videos released right oh also nazi super science is a lot of fun because it's just ridiculous um yeah that's it uh plum anything you want to add to that oh yeah for sure for sure uh chemtrails you know you ever see a uh you ever see a jet pass overhead (laughs) you see those white trails coming off oh yeah it's the fluoride in the air it is. Yep. It's chemicals. It's COVID. It's chemicals. It's mind I don't control. Even know how they, yeah, I mean, Earth's flat anyway, so they shouldn't even be up there. <laughs> All right, CT and TC. First question, Plum. Uh, I think uh, this is going to be a, a everyone answer question. Uh, what's the most shame you've ever felt? <laughs> oh, this is really painful. When I was a Peace Corps volunteer. I, uh, I, I had a host family that I stayed with when I was in the Capitol and, uh, the bathroom that I got to use, uh, the nice bathroom was attached to their like great grandmother who was still somehow alive, but, but blind was like attached to her room. And so in the middle of the night I woke up and had to pee. And so I kind of felt my way into the bathroom and, um, and was using the bathroom and I looked up. And great grandmother was just had sort of gotten out of bed at the noise and had moved into the bathroom, standing along, like supporting herself on the arm rail that led from her bed to the toilet area and was just standing there watching me pee. Now, she couldn't see anything because she was blind, 
but there was nothing worse than than that in my entire life and i still <laughs> get the heebie-jeebies thinking about it she was a nice nice woman though so there you go apparently a fan for watching though uh yeah such as it was <laughs> uh greg Breathe how about you in. Oh my God. Are we talking about shame? Or are we talking about cringe? Cause I've got maximum cringe over the years. Uh, but shame though, shame. I just hit my chair on my desk table, which probably created a loud noise in all of your headphones. And I regret it. That's the greatest shame I've ever felt in my entire life. Uh, all right. Well, that's a cop out. I'm going to give a real answer. Um, <laughs> So, uh, mom and dad probably know the answer that's coming. Um, I, uh, graduated quote unquote from Michigan state. Um, (laughs) and, but, uh, didn't pass Spanish twice, moved to Philadelphia, had them co-sign on an apartment got to orientation at law school and then had to come to grips with the fact that I did not pass Spanish. So I had to move back home. It was a terrible time. Uh, A lot of pain internally in the family that I caused and uh, retook Spanish while living at home and also not living at home. And it was a very, very important life lesson in that if you ever need help, if you're ever feeling in the down spot, because there are reasons that stuff happened, but that you just need to reach out to people because most people are pretty understanding if you come to them for help. And I didn't do that and created a terrible situation for which I feel immense shame and regret for all of my life to this day. So that's my shame story. Uh, fun talk. Uh, Greg made a sound with his chair. Um, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. I didn't yeah, I didn't know the bar was gonna get set that high. We had grandma pee-pee, and then we had this, and then and then you dropped that bomb. I thought it was a good question. I'm I'm willing to uh, look, I think part of life is owning up to to what you've done. And if you can't talk about it, that's a problem. Anyway, uh Plum, what's your least favorite cliche? Oh God. I mean, I could say avoid it like the plague. That's a little on the nose. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm actually going to say beg the question because most people have no clue what beg the question means and routinely use it wrong. John Lovett uh, from Pod Save America has that, uh, that same one. Uh, Greg, you got one for this? Uh, agree to disagree. Like, Oh um, God. Yeah, well, we, we covered that or no, no, no. Um, uh, what was it? Um, no love lost. We covered no love lost. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, Awful bad. Uh, I would say, I mean, currently it's unprecedented times. If you talk to me about (laughs) unprecedented times, I just, please just go stick your head in in a bathtub. Um, next question from CT and TC is you have too many questions here for him. Um, yeah, I couldn't, I, I couldn't get rid of one. Uh, I wanted to hear your shame story. <laughs> From CT and TC is uh, a, this is a round robin quick fire. Would you rather sacrifice football and lose all non revenue sports, or sacrifice basketball and lose no other sports? I think the answer. I don't want to speak for everyone here. Is oh wait, never mind. No, it's pretty much. Do you want to keep football or basketball? 
Yeah, that's how I read it too. Uh, I guess I'll keep football. I don't know. I mean, personally, I'd rather keep basketball, but it makes more sense to keep football. It does more societal good to keep football. What do you think, Plum? Uh, assuming we actually had the virus under control, uh, I would actually. Well, yeah, I mean, if the virus were under control, you could have football because it would lead to basketball. Honestly, though, I think that right now we have more to do in the fall, so I would be okay getting rid of football because when basketball season is ready to start, we're going to mm. be in the throes of this thing, and we're literally going to be mm. pulling our hair out with nothing to do. Yeah, honestly, Great. I got to take more content. I got to I gotta take the basketball, and I hate saying that because football is my sport. Oof. Yeah, we can't have Plum on the con- on the podcast. He needs to be really focusing on his uh, on his COVID uh Day trial job. that he's doing right now yeah. so like just really like hunker down and focus on your placebo or your vaccine or whatever it is whatever and it make is. it really good for the rest of us plum how about you just get an iv and inject some sugar water into you and see if it feels the same it, it actually um, does I've, I've been doing it <laughs> uh next question from ctntc is how would you feel about the prospect of Izzo creening someone to get the scholarship numbers to work out. Uh, Greg, do you want to tell people what creening someone means? Creening means uh, showing someone the door. Uh, so there are some major concerns about how the whole basketball situation is going to work in terms of the uh, scholarships that are available. But as Mr. Tillman showed us, sometimes these things work themselves out. So we are not in a creening situation yet, but there are possible creening it- situations I trust Izzo, though, in this case. I'm not aware of any super ill will of any former players towards him. In fact, a lot of them have come out on social media supporting him over the past several years. So, Do you imagine uh, a world in which, sadly, COVID benefits MSU basketball? You care to elaborate? Well, if the season gets canceled, they're probably going to have to up the scholarship limit. Oh, maybe. I kind of don't see the NCAA doing that, but potentially um do you guys favorite seinfeld episodes the last question from ct and tc what do you uh got? i'm gonna go ahead and say uh the the one in the parking garage feels a lot like the moment we're in right now oh wow yeah you know that was unscripted the end of that where the no start that was unscripted that just happened like that and they lose it in the car because that's just how they naturally reacted to it they were supposed to drive away in the script hmm yeah. yeah. All right. Fun episode. Fun. Fun fact. Plum. How about you? No soup for you. Okay. So Classic. There's one where Kramer says he doesn't have the tools, and it's the thing that I reference the most, and my wife resents the most. So whatever episode that is, that's my favorite Seinfeld episode. But they're all good. Um. Yes, they are. Next up, Elon Bloom. What is your conjecture on whether Bates and Boachi reclassify? I. Who, who's that for? Yeah, it's, we're going to pass it to you. Okay. Uh, I'm worried about Bates reclassifying because of this whole Ipsy prep thing going on. Like, yeah, I think family is going to kind of keep him in place for that. But watch it. I think we've heard that he's not reclassifying, right? That's the latest is that that's, he's been telling people. Although Brendan Quinn also me. said that the. I think Bawache personally said he wasn't going to reclassify, but I think uh, it was also said that the staff would really like him to reclassify. So we're going to go with reclassifying that one, not reclassifying for Imani Bates. What do we think? 
Sure. I mean, I, Brennan Quinn did say that it sounded, he reported anyway that both the Boache camp and the Izzo camp were in favor of reclassifying um, Bates. I think it's TBD. I mean, if he doesn't have a prep school, a prep season this year, it I think it makes it more likely he sticks around for prep another yeah. year. Yep. Yeah, it absolutely does. Boache is Canadian and they're older for their age. I, so I also would just want to say the thing that we've mentioned or we've talked about on the pod, we're talking a lot about college sports. It is that high school sports hope, hopefully are follow suit. I mean, I don't want them to not play, but like, I mean, they already are the, in hasn't the MH do they can't, well, did the MHSAA cancel fall sports are done. They're okay. All right. Well, I mean, that, that screws up right? a lot of recruiting. I thought it was well, just Lansing that canceled. That's correct, right? Or yes. is it just Lansing schools? Oh, I, Lan- I have a Lansing-centric. What's that? Yeah, the Lansing schools have announced, I think, that, right, they're not going back, but that's not been... Yeah, but I don't think MHSAA has. No, not yet. No, no, no. No, they haven't. Uh, no. Okay. no. They're still planning on Football teams have they- started practice. Yeah, soccer hasn't yet. Uh, they can't begin competitions, I think, for another week or two. Okay, never mind. Pardon me. Yeah, so anyway, if if that ends up going, I, I that really throws a loop in a lot. But anyway, that's another podcast for another time. Um, next question from Elin Bloom, which is, I think, another easy round robin. Very quick. What's the worst part of pandemic for you personally? Plum, go ahead. Can't travel. Just really miss getting in an airplane and going somewhere. Miss it a lot. That's ironic. That's rough. Our vacations are all officially would have happened by now. Uh, But I'm fortunate to be able to say vacations. For me, what I learned today and have been learning over time is the amount of respect that I'm losing for my common man and how much Mm -hmm. all of this just bums me out. Yeah. Uh, Just feeling alone. Just feeling alone. Um, New city, new state just alone um last question from elon bloom if you were a college football football player would you opt out would it make a difference to you one way or another if you were projected to play in the nfl greg uh you are a notable three-star in the looks department so mm-hmm. i mean you mm-hmm. might progress up to that level so let's let's head over to you i gotta do well in the in the combine for the the like bone structure competition uh but it doesn't look good i it would depend greatly on my personal situation right now i mean i would opt out right now (laughs) but if i was that age uh and i had nfl prospects and i thought that i could improve my draft stock i'd probably play i'd probably play what about you plum what do you think I'd play. I'd play because at that point I would just be all in on uh, on whatever I thought the NFL was going to give me. So I wouldn't be using any common sense here and following the lead of my coaches and the uh, other officials of the NCAA who absolutely have no stones or willingness to lead in anything important in life in general. Very good. Yep. Uh, next question from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Plum, do you put butter on your pancakes? I do, but I don't use Mrs. Butterworth's because I think that's just too much butter. And and, and I you think I'm kidding, but Mrs. Butterworth's is, in fact, too buttery of a syrup. And I don't think that it's good. So I prefer Mrs. It's uh, the Chardonnay of, of... It's, oh, thank no. you. No, no, no. 
listen, I actually Aunt do. Jemima's canceled. No, no, hold on a second. I don't think they've renamed it yet. And yes, the the tokenism and everything else has got to change and got to go. But I'm I'm really all for the quality of that syrup. It's the perfect balance. Butter on the. In fact, I just made banana walnut pancakes on Sunday. I had a little butter, a little um. What's that great? Uh, what's the great butter you get at Trader Joe's? The really good stuff. The Irish, Irish. Um, just is it, is it also racist? Like their other international brand. Listen, okay, you know what? I'm not going to hear this from all of you. Suffice it to say, the answer is yes. Uh, Greg, do you put salt on watermelons? I don't because I got a food thing where if it, the food is already good enough, that's fine. Uh, yep. It's an extra step. I don't need it. Is salted. Uh, next question from the Epidemic Jerk guy is, can you give me a hint at the new password you're using? Uh, trying to hack us again. No is the answer. Uh, all right. Quick round, Robin. What is the best meal you can cook? Plum, go first. I'm going to just say it's, bre- I mean, I don't, he says meal. Is that breakfast? I'm going to just say breakfast. I can do just about any kind of breakfast and I'm very good at it. I'm not, I'm not good at food. This was I don't. Oh yeah, really I got to teach you how to thing. cook a steak. Yeah, you do. Uh, I I don't value food. Oh my god, this is why you are the way you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'm your guy. Um, I think one of my f- it's a pain in the butt to cook, but I have a recipe. Credit to Dad um, for a beer marinated flank steak. I made that for Plum. It was pretty tasty, right? Very, yeah. very good. Uh, and then what I didn't make for him are also these cheese enchiladas, um, that are quite tasty, but they're a real pain in the ass to make. So I didn't do it for plum, but if I was looking to show off, it would be that with some red rice. So yeah. Um, next question, Taylor Anderson, uh, would you, would you consider it reaching peak suburban dad level? If you nodded off holding a baby while watching a, uh, watching golf multiple times in one weekend? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and answer this one. Yeah, yeah. Silence. Okay. Uh, yeah, bro, that's a suburban granddad level. Yes. Oh, I don't yes. know about that. I don't know about that. I think my father fell asleep probably holding me, maybe as a teenager, uh, on the weekends, <laughs> uh, watching golf. I, I think I don't. I don't get a better nap, generally speaking, unless golf is on the television. So I'm. And your dad is holding you. <laughs> and my dad. Is holding me, so I Taylor Anderson's got it. He's achieved it. That's it. Five stars. <laughs> you can cash out. Congratulations, sir. I top honestly, deck. Taylor. Top I deck. think it's uh playing with your kid and then being like, but I need a break, so I'm gonna go mow the lawn because work is how I escape. No. Um, uh, next question from Taylor is uh, we all have to answer this one. Uh, what's the worst place you've ever been hung over? For me, it was eight hours. This is Taylor. Uh, for Taylor, it was eight hours after a missed flight in the Des Moines airport freshman year of college. L O L. I also, I was also very hungover in an airport, and I was offered like three hundred dollar credit to just sit in the airport an additional hour and a half after my flight, and I turned it down. And I was like, "Wow, I must be super hungover," because normally I would just jump at an opportunity like that. Uh, the worst place I've ever bung- been hung over is dorm room freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Plum, what do you got? 
I actually this just I think the worst hangover I had. I, I went out and drank way too much in Kathmandu in Nepal with some colleagues from work. Uh, this is, I know, sorry. This is last fall. Anyway, then I had to lead. A, I actually had to lead a conference, like a day long conference. I was in charge of it. Had to MC. Had to speak, and I just wanted to throw up the entire time. That was less than fun. You got the uh, you got the shades on up there in front of everyone, and they they drink tea, so they don't like have strong coffee. I was just dying for like something a black coffee to just take the edge off. No such luck. Uh, mine will probably be also sorry, mom and dad. Uh, mom and dad took me out uh, in Kansas City, where my mom was uh, living for a little while because she worked there. Uh, lots of drinks. Uh, I remember shishuto peppers like they were roasted and stuffed with some sort of cheese or something it was they were delicious anyway i slipped on an air mattress proceeded to throw all of them up um and then had to hop on a plane like two hours later at the kansas city airport it was not great not great um last question taylor anderson i'm gonna toss this to plum will the power five finally admit that players aren't amateurs bubble it up and play a season, or will they finally just cancel? Maybe a moot question by recording time. Well, it should be a moot question. Uh, it, of course, is not. The Power Five, neither the Power Five nor the NCAA will ever admit that players aren't amateurs. Let's be clear. The concept of student-athlete is the most important fallacy concept that the NCAA cannot get over. It guides all of their decisions, and even when everything they do and say is contrary to that theme, they cannot let it go. Because as soon as they acknowledge that it isn't true, um, they will implode into a black hole that they will collapse in upon themselves. And we will have forgotten as an entire uh, human race that the NCAA ever was a thing. So they can't afford <laughs> that to happen. All so right. the latter. So the latter. Taylor. The latter. <laughs> the latter. Yeah, they'll just cancel. Uh, all right. John Hubbard is up next. Uh Greg, regarding last week and talk of minor leagues, can you see a world where football teams are decoupled from their schools, the infrastructure already exists, and the players could actually get fair play while working to enter the NFL? Teams could be these Lansing Spartans, Columbus Buckeyes, etc. I think the problem with this, John, is that you assume there's a market for it once it's decoupled from the school. Yep. Uh, yep. I, I think that the G League... It may prove me wrong in the future, but right now it proves the case that people don't necessarily care about a higher level of sporting. They care about the teams. They care about the affiliations. They care about those types of things. Uh, so, no, I, I don't think if there was an East Lansing Spartans team that was in no way affiliated with MSU and, and shared none of the iconography or anything like that, I don't think it would be anywhere near as, success, as successful as MSU athletics are. Um, I, I mean, I think a lot of where all of this comes from is huge television revenues getting out of control. Like Spartan Stadium has been, been as big as it is since like 1968 or something like that. And people have had smaller issues with it. The, the huge influx of money and viewership comes from TV. Um, and but, I, I just don't think that would be as marketable if everything wasn't affiliated with the schools themselves. I yes, also just, want, I, no, no, sorry. I, I, I didn't want to talk over you there, but I, 
I, you also bring up a point that I, I wanted to get to earlier, which I'll just sort of tack on at the end here, which is that this, this conversation that's circulating about that if we don't play football, then all of these financial consequences. Honestly, the conversation that should be happening, like if, if the world was a better place is, that the schools that will be fine because they cancel football are Alabama, U of M, OSU, us. Like, because you saved money, right? Like you didn't just compulsively spend like a, a boomer. Like it, it, it would be, it, they've been raking in so much revenue. They should have been, they should have been storing it away. That we would also have to say at the same time, this podcast was very excited about the dollar amounts that the uh, athletic department was willing to spend to bring in a new football coach. Um, yep, that's, so we have that's, to acknowledge that at the same time. Yep, yep, sure, <laughs> sure. Or, uh, yep, uh, I'm a hypocrite, but I'm just saying. Wow, wow. Yeah, you want to be on this podcast, Plum? This is what you got to deal with. I don't know. If I'm, I'm strong just saying, you make that much money, you could have stashed some of it away into an investment account. Those teams are all still going to be absolutely fine. Yeah, all absolutely right. fine. Well, but all it's, of it's those the non-revenue dollars. sport, the non-revenue sports that they cut are are going to be are going to happen. MSU. I'm not aware of any Big Ten teams that are cutting revenue sports yet. Uh, yet has that happened? Yet. Okay. Anyway, F. Mary kill. And if anyone's answer is different than mine, let me know. The F. Mary kill is a con wrap, a national championship in basketball next season, and a cure for COVID in time for football. I'm going to kill the Conrap. It's not good unless you're drunk. It's fine. I will F the national championship in basketball next season. And I'm going to marry the COVID cure because that way people don't die. And we got a different answer. Societal good. Ding, 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 uh, ding, I think, yeah, I think you undersold the Conrap. But given the options, uh, that's the only way you could go. It, it's... It's silly, right? Like you don't know anything about the Conrad Michael Jones. Move on. You're making a fool of yourself. Right, fine. <laughs> Next up is Nick Kokmansky. Will MSU v Michigan in basketball ever get the recognition of similar in-state rivalries such as Duke v UNC? Uh, Greg, I think this is a particularly silly question because uh, obviously, but you go ahead and give your take. Uh, I think there's a lot of work to be done there. I, I mean, Duke. UNC wasn't born uh, in a day. Like if you go back and you look at the series history between those two teams, it's unreal how competitive those games have been and the rankings uh, between those teams. So I think if MSU and I think U of M and MSU can make an argument as being maybe the second or third best basketball uh, uh, in-state rivalry. but it, it, there's a chasm between that and Duke and UNC, and it's an earned chasm. You've got to give credit to those teams and those games that have been played over time. But MSU and Michigan have put together some really, really high-quality basketball games as well. So I think it's possible, but there's a lot that has to be done. Uh, next question from Nick Plum. I don't know if you've got an answer because I don't. Uh, what's next for Universal Studios after putting the Epic Universe project, including Super Nintendo World, on hold due to COVID? Ooh, 
That is a timely and relevant question of great import to the state of the world right now. But little does uh, Nick know that, in fact, there are talks in place to uh, build a, a theme park, uh, interactive theme park dedicated to the Supreme Court and highlighting the uh, super womanly powers of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Associate Justice RBG, um, who, you know, you can walk through the day in the life with her uh, in chambers with her clerks, uh, writing opinions, uh, occasionally standing up to quick and... And falling back down and being admitted in hospital uh, and uh, all the way uh, to conferencing, taking notes and uh, reading her vigorous dissents from the bench. It's going to be a wonderful opportunity for them. I think they'll be recouping a lot. And uh, we just need her to hold on for a quick, uh, what what do we got, about four and a half more months. Go, Ruth. Uh, TVs in the the courtroom? No. Uh, No filming it. Uh, But theme park about the court? Absolutely. Let's go for it. It's America. Uh, next question from Nick is better vice president Mike Jones or insert Biden nominee uh, who we don't have yet. Wow. No, Come on not. guys. Uh, I guess, uh, spill the beans here. Uh, Nick, uh, president of our senior class in high school. Uh, I was his vice president. Thank wow. you, Nick, for sharing high school trivia. Wow. pathetic um but inevitably um i am a mediocre white dude so whoever biden's nominee is is better mm. um next question from nick is what are reasonable expectations for coach mel tucker's first year if it ever occurs uh, we've talked plum, about this on the pod nick plum hasn't plum, i'll give it to plum uh okay well there will never be a first year i think that's what we all just have to get ready to accept is that we'll never have football again and we'll all be dead very soon um, but if that doesn't happen, <laughs> but if that doesn't happen, I'm calling it right now. Uh, we're going to hit eight wins, eight wins in his first season. Ooh, we're going to be pleasantly surprised and we're going to win a respectable, though not highly uh, viewed bowl. So I'm excited for it. All right. All right. I love this is being a Spartan. Hope springs eternal. Uh, yep, optimism. Next question is from B-List. With <laughs> Plum, I'm going to send this to you. Hmm. Quiche? <laughs> uh quitchy thank you <laughs> i mean you could do breakfast quiche you know quiche you have to refrigerate overnight and by the time you realize you want to make it it's already the morning that's it's out of the question i don't know who plans that far ahead for breakfast they're trying too hard next the french uh <laughs> next question uh is it has no question marks but uh greg curtis blackwell yes that that B list. Someone's taken. Someone was like, "Oh, we're not doing uh, a competition this month. Uh, let's just get weird with it." Uh, so proud of you. Uh, we haven't talked about Curtis Blackwell in a while, and neither has the Detroit News, even though Whoa. those cases are still ongoing. Surprise! Uh, We've moved last, on. Last question from B list is merely a picture of the lyrics of. Uh, MSU shadows with weird bolding uh, occurring in the lyrics, um, which uh, we we did ask on Twitter. Does Q have the answers as to why certain parts are bolded? <laughs> it's the I, end of each one of those stances. Uh, silence falls. Ivory no, no, no. Falls. Nope, because it does start with a bolding. You can't assign any logic to it. What we should be spending nope. time discussing on the pod right now is how, despite 
despite all evidence that Mike Jones seems to be a rational, compassionate, fully evolved human man, how he could have such little respect and appreciation for what is surely the greatest alma mater in the world. This continues to befuddle and defy oh logic. God, I'm going to have to edit that sound out. Oh, the, the levels. The it, levels. It is violent. What you've just done to these poor people. Oh. Oh. Shameful. All right. Next. Even up. more shameful than not appreciating the shadows. Thank we you. have, this podcast has gone long so next up is always thinking 1835 who asks a series of questions that we'll read all together. Yes. Who was your favorite high school teacher? What was the name of the street you grew up on? What's your maternal grandmother's first name? What are the last four digits of your social security <laughs> number? Hashtag definitely unrelated questions. Seems like the upper deck jerk guy has a, uh, a mole agent. Account. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a uh, uh, we'll, we'll give a, a, a nod to this question, which is, since we officially need it now, can you invent a brand new sport that would be both interesting and exciting to watch and safer players in these difficult times? God, difficult mm. times. That's another pet peeve on Keith Bay. Oh, there you go. Wow. Wow. Uh, Plum, uh, what, what do you I, think? Yeah, I, can we play flag sports? football? Plum, can we play flag football? Uh, no, you can't. Not unless you're all wearing masks. Also, why are why is there a, a basketball tournament happening two blocks from my house? Yeah, actually, I did. I did kind of like that was funny, but you know, people just really wanted to play. Uh, if they're I, bunkered down properly, like I don't it's like an AAU tournament on a small court. It's weird. So, if you you've seen those player or the the games where everybody gets in one of those plastic balls and then runs yeah. at each other and like bounces into each other, I don't know what the real goal of it is but that you can do that we can we can do that let's do that that's some kind of uh bubble boy type situation maybe have them be in remote controlled bubbles and then make it an e-sport yes also that so the real players are the ones behind the controls there's just human hamsters inside the bubbles you could Uh, do a a sort of ryan day inspired tweeze off and that would be kind of fun too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just frantically tweezing, yeah. making those eyebrows the, drift further and further apart. Yep. Have you seen the challenge uh, going around uh, the Twitter.com right now of uh, eating a Happy Meal uh, the fastest? Someone mm. is at sub 45 seconds on eating a whole Happy Meal. Does this include the toy? <laughs> I'm glad I got a laugh. <laughs> I'm 50% on that joke. That's fine. All right. Uh, next up is go MSU, butt boy 69, <laughs> uh, who constantly changes his name. So it takes me by surprise every time. Uh, if football is canceled, how are OSU fans going to have to deal with? They actually have to develop a personality. Oh, wait, this is my shame. Oh, I've got a shame story. All right. Oh, All okay. Back. So. So I don't remember exactly what year it was, but this was the uh, there was a year where OSU came to Spartan Stadium, and this was the year they won the national championship. Uh, and we all expected that MSU this was the year. The schedule 
you know, was all aligned. Both U of M and MSU were at Spartan Stadium. Things were going to be great. This was going to be the transcendent year of, of football for uh, MSU. And I was there in the north end zone when Ohio State just marched up and down the field and just trounced MSU. So ending the Big Ten championship game hopes, ending national championship hopes, all of that stuff out the window. It was very difficult. And just happens that Ohio State's band was there. So as I was trying to leave Spartan Stadium with my group, I got stuck in a place where the Ohio State band is marching out of Spartan Stadium. All of their fans are there just like cheering them on because they're excited to be around their band. And I had a mo- I had a moment of weakness where I turned to the Ohio State fan next to me and I told him that you have the worst, ugliest fan base I have ever seen. And he turned to me and he said, you don't know what you're saying. You're upset. And fortunately, (laughs) the band had just walked past me and I had to push through people so that he couldn't see that I was losing it, cracking up because he so wrecked me and disarmed me so fast with just one statement uh, just revealed how stupid I was uh, that I I was like forced to confront the shame of that like momentary lapse that I had just with his statement of, you don't know what you're saying. You're upset. <laughs> it was, it was like the biggest sway true. I've ever experienced. What's that? You didn't say anything that wasn't true. No, I mean, they are the worst fan base. Like, they're the only fan base that wears jerseys. Like, jerseys are a distinctly NFL thing because they're just dumb. Like, don't, why are you wearing another man's jersey? Anyway, um, so I stand by the statement, but it was the wrong time to say it. And uh, I deserve to be taken down a notch. So immense shame was felt in that moment. Uh, yeah, they're the Raiders fans of college football. Indeed. Um all right. Uh, next question is from though we didn't actually answer it. Uh, they, it's very clear they don't have a personality because they're the ones who are like, let's just leave the Big Ten. We don't need this. Um. So yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh. Next question is from Mama Maple Leaf. <laughs> what are the first three player choices for your XFL fantasy league team? Uh, he hate me. Number one. That's I'm gonna take that. Uh, why is it not Drew Stanton or Connor Cook? Oh my God, it's he hate me. All right, move on. Plum, you got a choice, and if it's not Drew Stanton or Connor Cook, why not? It's uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Duh. Obviously, <laughs> she's proved to date that she's undestructible, and they wouldn't know what to do with her. So shut up. <laughs> RBG and he hate me. What do you got, Jensie? Connor Cook. All right. Next up is uh, uh, from Mama Maple Leaf. Who wore it best? Oh man, I really should have. This is the video of the the coronavirus, the the like five MSU U of M coaches all being like, "Wear a mask, everyone." Oh um, yes, but then Jim Harbaugh uh, undercut all of his credibility um, by then saying, "Science supports playing football." Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and the follow-up is, and do you think that Izzo was purposely placed at the end of the coaches because he's the only one to be able to one, uh, one hand the mask on properly? 
he was going to be my choice for best mask. It's black with a nice green Spartan helm on the side offset, not in the middle, which is like the basic way of doing it. Uh, so that was going to be my choice for uh, best mask Concur. in there. But also they obviously put him at the end because he's the biggest draw. Yeah. Plum, do you have a, a public health opinion on this one? Uh, I, I didn't see the video, so I just know that Tom Izzo does everything right. I'm quite confident that he was able to put on the mask in the best way, the best mask. Though we've covered extensively on the pod how Tom Izzo does not do everything right, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Not false. Uh, not false. Uh, uh, last question uh, from Mom and Maple Leaf is, the Red Cedar River has been host to freshman versus sophomore uh, tug of war games, water carnivals with student made float processions, MSU hockey team games on the ice. Uh, which activity do you bring back and participate in? Plum, what do you got? Wow, those actually sound really, really cool. Um, I can't imagine where they could play hockey. Like, well, I'm thinking, first wide. of all, that the water is partial body contact only because it's so chemical ridden and also the here's some like me that river does not freeze over anymore so yeah i know there's some global warming stuff for you yeah but i uh i did participate I in a tug of war in mun so i might say that um bring there you go back that but on the river and you're underwater and it's freezing cold and you're drowning <laughs> and, cool and ducks and ducks uh all right last up dan hellpepper could Jim Harbaugh beat Wolf Blitzer at Celebrity Jeopardy? Greg, go. No. <laughs> but the incoherence of, of such an attempt would be unreal. Long Jim long. Harbaugh's getting a lot of a lot of press in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's this been exceedingly like, stupid this yeah, week. Yeah, he's really been around him. this week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he didn't even get this much press when he went on the National Review. Um Next question, Plum, uh, L.A. Confidential or Master and Commander for best Russell Crowe movie? Uh, I'm going to assume, Dan, you mean best of the options you gave us. Because mm. neither yeah, is none, his best. Neither Not is even close. They're not, Master yes. and Commander is terrible. Maybe that's the point? Yeah, I, don't, I haven't Maybe. seen L.A. Confidential. Greg, have you? No, I'm I haven't, but I'm gonna jump in and give a plug to the nice guys, which oh, is a Russell Crowe movie, boy. which is fantastic. Oh boy. Oh, Plum disagrees. I mean, I just I was just, I was gonna be honest and earnest and say a beautiful mind, but that's fine. That's fine. Wait, we can go. What with about the nice guys? What about Gladiator? Yeah, I, yeah, I was okay. Gonna... I know. Okay, yeah. A little on the nose. Well, what's there, the one with Denzel or the informant? Oh, yeah, also good. Yeah. Okay. Russell Crowe, I, I real actually treasure. Heard, I actually heard Master Commander was was okay and oh. should have been more successful. But continue. Anyway. Next uh, up. Dan, um, actually, that engaged debate. Uh, good question. Uh, next question from Dan is... Uh, I thought we got rid of this one. Uh, best MSU athlete who hails from your hometown. Plum, you're up. I don't know of a single MSU athlete from Swartz Creek, Michigan. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to choose. Uh, go ahead. Well, I know of two. Who, who are you picking? No, I'm going to I'm going to say I'm from Westland, Michigan, 
grew up in Westland, Michigan, and I'm going to go with, uh, with, oh my God, why am I blanking on his name? Number 82, uh, Keyshawn Martin, Keyshawn Martin, Westland, Michigan. Best for my hometown. Where's Kirk Cousins from? Uh, from- Holland? <laughs> Holland? Yeah. Uh, that's a deep cut. <laughs> uh, no one gets that reference. Uh, I, so I don't, I'm trying to remember. So we had a starting football player, uh, that came from, uh, our hometown. Um, in your hometown. Yeah. I'm talking about my family. Um, and, uh, you played on the offensive line and then, but I think we had someone on the cross country team who might've been more successful in big 10 terms. Dustin Voss was his name, I think. Uh, best MSU athlete from Saline, Michigan, though, is uh, Chris Baker. Tight end. From before your time. Yeah, sure. He played yeah, in the yeah. NFL. Yeah, all right, fair point. Fair point. Um, uh, last question from Dan is, were you too surpri- as surprised as I was that the real architecture guy didn't sound suspiciously like I was KJ. I don't know who that person is. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> we didn't follow your. Uh, we oh, I, KJ seems to be a juggalo potentially. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, look. I know we normally end this with a uh, a go green, go white. Um. But I. I would suggest that instead we're all a little bummed about there not being football. And so um, I will both say I will finish it appropriately, but go to vote.org. Check your voter registration status. If you're not registered to vote, register to vote and then go vote. Otherwise, gentlemen, go green. Go white, Jonesy. Go white. <laughs>